0: Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Backline Banter. Today, as you may know, is the other half of Game Week 25. So today we will have 5 games in the Premier League summary, one of them including Liverpool versus Luton, so we'll have the Liverpool experience. No deep Darwin dive today as he did not play and I'll touch on that further on. We've also got a big talking point and our first major talking point not about the Premier League it is going to be about Kylian Mbappe and about his possible transfer move we will also talk about the games coming up some of the games I will predict give a scoreline others I might just say this team will win or it will be a draw so and so so without further ado let's jump straight into the Premier League summary Sheffield United 0, Brighton 5. Brighton absolutely battering Sheffield. And Sheffield coming off a win against Luton last Prem game, you would thought maybe could this be their time to go on a good run of form and possibly get them out of the relegation zone in the next weeks to come. But from this performance, it has seemed No, it is not. A massive battering by Brighton. Brighton, you kind of expect it. You would have thought maybe it's a bit closer, but Holgate getting a red card early on, and as soon as you see that 12, 10 minutes in, you think, yeah, Brighton are going to pile them on now, and that is exactly what they did. So, Holgate's red card. He actually got given a yellow card to start off with. With his challenge for Matoma, referee thought, blew his whistle and then gave him a yellow card. But VAR had a look at it, told the referee to come over, also have a look at it. Had a little time and, yep, straight back over and gave Holgate a red card. So, Matoma had the ball. He was dribbling down. Holgate stepped in to clear the bowl, but completely missed the bowl and ends up kicking Matoma in the knee with the studs. Bit unlucky for Holgate, but very clumsy from him at the same time to completely miskick the bowl and ends up going on Matoma's knee. He had a prime chance to just clear it from Matoma's. Bit of a heavy touch, but surprisingly, and I don't think I've seen something like this, ever to be honest. Just completely miss hits it and then ends up hitting Matoma for a red card. So as you expect, Sheffield United down to 10 men. Brighton end up scoring their first goal. So a corner taken by Gross who whips it in to Lewis Dunk. He heads it down to Buonate who just taps it into the goal. There were questions just for a couple seconds did it cross the line, but the referee looked at the watch, got the, yep, it did cross the line and given a goal for Brighton's 1-0 lead. Very much expected as Sheffield down to 10 men. Something that you do not expect though, Sheffield get a good chance pretty quick after conceding as well. Harvard runs down the right, beats Dunk twice, Fakes shoot to beat another Brighton player and shoots just wide of the goal, making nothing into something and giving Sheffield a pretty decent chance to maybe snatch something from the game, but that does not happen. The second goal for Brighton, Gross whips in across to Matoma at the back post who volleys it straight at Fodderingham. Fodderingham, nice save, but it did just get kicked straight to him. But bounces off him straight to Welbeck who just has an easy finish and fires it into the goal for 2-0. Matoma on the left now. This is the second half for their third goal. He puts a cross in the danger area and unluckily for Jack Robinson, the Sheffield United defender puts the ball in his own net. He sticks his foot out to try and stop the cross from coming through, tries to intercept it. But just gets the tiniest touch on the ball with the end of his foot, meaning the ball just going straight into his goals. Very unlucky, but those do happen in the game. 77th minute, the man coming back from winning the AFCON, Adingra, who I thought for Ivory Coast, the little that I did watch, he played really well. And from watching him playing for Brighton, you know, throughout the season, He is a very, very good young talent. Coming off a man of the match performance in the final, playing the full game to assist, slotting straight back into the starting lineup for Brighton. Pascal Gross whips in. Once again, it is Gross who plays the cross to a Dingra, and he just does a beautiful volley in the back of the net for his fifth goal in the Premier League season. What a beautiful volley by Adingra. And yeah, like I said, wow, what a player he is turning out to be. For Brighton's last goal and their fifth, Adingra once again gets the ball in the top of the box, takes a shot right at the goal, hits a Sheffield player, and it makes the ball just loop over Fodderingham into the back of the net. Lucky for Adingra to get that. Sheffield deflection but unlucky for Fodderingham. Just every now and then you do see those kind of goals where the shooter gets a lucky deflection into the goal but he still, you know, takes the shot off. So still props to Dingra, a man of the match performance by him in my opinion, back to back and yeah, top, top talent. For that win for Brighton, the three points goes their way. They move into seventh place with 38 points, one point above Newcastle and two points above West Ham. Now, they are only six points behind Man United, so it is only two wins, but with Man United playing, playing pretty well at the moment, you, you don't really expect them to drop a lot of points, but it's still a long season, still a fair few games. To play, so you never know. Brighton could slot in to that sixth spot. Like I said to Sheffield, bit unlucky for them. Get a red card early on, and it just turns them to get nothing out of the game. Luton one, Man United two. First minute in, Casemiro clears it up to the field. It bounces once and Bell tries to play it back to the keeper but absolutely miskicks his pass. And Hoyland just allows him to run straight through, take the ball, takes a couple touches round the keeper and finishes it. And by looking at it again, to be honest, it looks like Bell tried to pass to Osho right next to him but did not look once to see if he was free, if Hoyland was running at him or not. But he should have just played it back to the keeper and it would have stopped a quick one minute in, one nil lead to Man United. Rashford has a chance, top of the box, a few minutes later, takes a little deflection off Osho. And a very good save by Kaminsky does well to react to the deflection. Then the sixth minute in, Shaw whips in a corner that is headed out by Morris but falls straight to Garnacho, who hits it on the volley and goes straight into Hoyland's chest. Who he just kind of flicks it on into the back of the net. Very fortunate for Hoyland that it comes straight to his chest but he does do well to give it that little flick Past Kaminsky into the goal to give Man United a very early on 2-0 lead. Exactly what they need. Rashford again has a chance. 10 minutes in, he picks up the ball just below the halfway line and drives with it to get himself all the way at the top of the box and has a shot. Very surprising, he didn't get it on target and should do better with his shot but a very good dribble to create the chance. Two minutes later, everything happening early on. Chong plays it wide to Doherty, who receives it back from him in the box, turns, has a shot, deflected across goal into the path of Morris, who has a pretty headed finish with Onana trying to come out to do something, but he just cannot make himself big enough and put himself in the way. Luton pull it back to make it 2-1 early on. Bit of fortune for Morris to get the ball in his path, but takes it well. The man who just scored, Morris, has another decent chance. He gets the ball from Garnacho, takes a couple touches and fires one from outside the box, but it's just wide and nothing comes from it. Sadly for Luton though, they are unable to get anything from the game. No goals in the second half, but some good chances by both teams. At the start, Onana plays a perfect pass to Diego Dalot, who makes a really good run. Kaminsky in absolute no man's land. So Dalot goes around him, but Kaminsky recovers very well by grabbing the ball from Dalot's feet. And Dalot just... Not keeping the ball close enough between his feet to just take that touch away from him and slot it in goal. But a good one from Dallow and good pass by Onana. 56th minute, Chong dribbles into the box, plays a cutback ball. But the Man United defence clear it right out of the way and they find themselves on the break. Rashford gets it on the right and just like the first chance... He gets it a little bit above the halfway line and just dribbles all the way to the outside of the box in the middle. Has a ping, but it is a good save once again by Kaminsky. He is definitely keeping Luton in the game to see if they can get a goal. Obviously, they don't, but at the time, Kaminsky doing very well. Bruno Fernandes also has a great chance. He gets played the ball by Garnaccio. Who runs on goal past the keeper and shoots to what you think would be a goal. But Sambi Laconga keeps up with Bruno and sl- does a perfect slide to stop the ball from going in the line. His slide is at full stretch with the top of his foot stopping the ball from getting past him and scoring. This now makes it 13 matches in a row for Bruno Fernandez without scoring someone who is in a big drought of goals at the moment he has gotten a couple assists in those 13 games though but no goals and some of it is down of course to man united they haven't been very good this whole season but lately they have he would have popped up on the goal sheet by now a bit later rashford plays a critical pass to garnacho who makes a great run and finds himself one-on-one with the keeper. He tries to take it round him, but Kaminsky once again gets a touch on him, which takes Garnacho back. He still has the ball, cuts in, and then gets blocked by Bell. Has to score in that situation, in my opinion, that first one-on-one initial shot, or like he did go round the keeper, actually doing it and not letting Kaminsky get a touch. But very well done by the keeper once again. Bruno with another big chance late on. He intercepts the ball from Kaminsky who kicks it out, takes some touches and just fires it wide. Just missing the side netting and just wide of the post. Still in that drought. Right at the end of the game though, last chance for Luton. They get a corner and the corner is whipped in straight on Barkley's head who takes it. And just hits the top of the crossbar. So close for Luton to get that equalizing goal. To scrap a point against Man United at home. But they are unable to do it. Man United just get the win in the end. 2-1. Thanks to Hoyland scoring early on. And Man United playing really well. Taking their chances early on. And Kaminsky doing very, very well to keep the game level at 2-1 and keep Man United scoring no more goals. Sadly though, Luton not having the strongest attacks can't break down the Man United defense for a second time to get that equalizer, but still Luton played well and Man United will happily take the three points. Everton 1 Crystal Palace 1. Before the game during the week it has been announced that Roy Hodgson has stepped down as the manager due to him being admitted to hospital a week prior. So his replacement Oliver Glasner who didn't actually manage the game. He wasn't down on the touchline, but he was there watching. I just assume for that, just the paperwork hasn't been finished yet. But quite sad to hear that Roy Hodgson has had to step down, possibly... It might be the right time for Palace as recently the runner form hasn't been well, but Crystal Palace also having a fair few crucial injuries, big players out, so you can't put the full blame on him, but he's had a great career and good on him. But like I said, Oliver Glasner to replace him. He looks like a decent manager, that's for sure. I reckon he will do pretty well for Palace. He's an Austrian manager He's done well in the Bundesliga with Wolfsburg and Frankfurt. He's also won the Europa League trophy with Frankfurt in the 21-22 season. So it will be interesting to see what he can do with the Palace team for the rest of the season. 20 minutes in, Everton with a big chance. Dwight McNeil has the ball on the left, who whips the ball in the box straight to Calvert-Lewin's head, who gets on the end of it. And just puts it over the goal. A really good chance from both of the players, Dwight McNeil from creating it and Lewin and Calvert Lewin being able to get on the end of it, but he just can't keep it down just enough. Just can't keep it down enough. Palace have a corner which is placed straight on Mateta, who does a good header going in, but Ashley Young on the post clears it off the line. That is why you do put sometimes people on the post. So just in case that keeper can't get there and the finish is bottom or even, you know, middle, the high ones are hard to keep out. On that side, keeper can't reach it, but the defender will and he's able to kick it out and do well to stop Mateta from scoring. Second half now, Mateta wins the ball, plays to Mitchell, Goes to shoot, he's in the box but Pickford read it very well and came out early and gets a touch on it and takes it out of the box but he also sprints to the ball to try and stop it going out from a throw in and lump it up the pitch so Palace don't have an attacking throw in in the final third but he can't get there so he picks up the ball and places it back on the field so Palace can't take that quick throw in with Pickford out of goal. Which he is very lucky to not receive a yellow to stop Palace from taking it quick and possibly getting a chance with Pickford out of position. Wow, 63rd minute. How have Everton not scored? I do not know. A corner is taken, it's headed by Tarkovsky. A very good save by Johnston. A lot of power by Tarkovsky, but he just can't hit the side far enough so Johnston, good save it comes out to garner who smacks it has a shot but it's just wide so it goes straight to DeCorey, which it bounces up in the air godfrey jumping for it can't get his head to it Johnston punches it out at the danger area and yeah a massive chance for everton to go one nil in front but somehow the ball just doesn't hit the back of the net. After this massive chance by Everton, Johnson has a goal kick and lumps it up the field to Edward, who just flicks it onto Mateta, who does so well to hold the ball up, which he usually does very well in games. That big player up front and then just waits for Ayu to run beside him, plays it to him and does an absolute stunning shot outside the box. He's so wide, hits it across the goals and cannot put that in words. You have to see it for yourself because that is a perfect 10 out of 10 strike to put Crystal Palace 1-0 in front. You definitely would not have expected him to score there, let alone take the shot on and he's done phenomenal there by scoring it. Top left and getting it past Pickford. 10 minutes later, just like the first half, McNeil whips it across to Galvert Lewin, to Calvert Lewin, who puts his head on it but wide this time instead of over the bar. Another good chance for Everton, but no goal. From an Everton corner late on in the game, Dwight McNeil sends it back post. Johnston comes out for it but just can't get to it and Onana, jumping the highest, gets on the end of it and headers it home to get the equaliser and make it 1-1. It's definitely coming eventually for Everton. Finally, they hit the back of the net. For the rest of the game, Everton have a few little chances but can't get anything else from it. And the game ends 1-1, a draw, a good result for Palace but Everton at home a bit annoyed they couldn't find another goal to get the win or put an earlier chance away to give them an earlier lead. With this result, it keeps the difference between Everton and Palace still at 5 points. Palace in 15th, and Everton in 17th and with that point on goal difference they are above Luton and out of the relegation zone. Manchester City 1 Brentford 0. 15 minutes in Onyeka gets played in by Wissa, who runs in on goal in the box shoots but can't find the corner and doesn't connect with it properly. And Edison has an easy save. Not too often you find the visiting team in on goal at the city ground early on and Brentford can't capitalize on it. Not too much longer though, Brentford have a free kick on the edge of the box and it is rolled to Ivan Tony, who takes his shot and just over the bar. Very good attempt, a lot of power on it. If it was on target for that top left, it would have bet Edison, but just over. At the other end of the field, 33 minutes in, Rodri picks up the ball, plays Walker, who does a beautiful run in the box. Walker heads it back to the middle of the box to Silva, who should hit the target with his header, but puts it wide. A couple minutes later, though, Kanji takes a curling shot outside the box And he's tapped over by Flecken. A good save and a good attempt by Akanji. But City piling on the chances in these few five minutes. Oscar Bob finds the ball in the box, runs onto it, does a fake shot to beat a player and then shoots, goes past the keeper, going in. But Ben Mee clears it off the line to keep it out. And keep City goalless. An absolute crucial clearance from Ben Mee. A very, very solid defender. And Oscar Bob, unlucky not to get the goal there. Last chance before halftime. Ruben Diaz finds himself very high up the pitch. And he gets the ball at the top of the 18-yard box. Has a powerful shot to the side. But it is well saved by Flecken. And at the moment, we are seeing a little bit of a repeat to Brentford v City at home a couple weeks ago where Flecken pulled off a lot of saves in the first half and kept Brentford in the game. And it's looking like this will be the case again today. City unable to find a goal early on in the second half until Brentford in the 70th minute have an attack, but City steal it. And Alvarez gets the ball, turns, plays it to Haaland, who looks up and sees only one man in his way. So he starts dribbling. Sadly, though, for Brentford, the only man back for Brentford, Ayer slips and Haaland just gets to run through by himself on goal, one-on-one with a keeper and just slots it past him. Exactly what you expect from Haaland, a good finish, absolute routine for him and with this goal means and with this goal being his first against Brentford means that he has scored against every Premier League team he is versed now. A bit unlucky for Brentford, but as they were attacking, they decided, let's send some players up, see if we can find a goal and possibly snatch the win like did last season at the Etihad, but it comes completely back down the other end. And again, unlucky for Ayer, just slipping and letting Haaland run through by himself. 10 minutes later, Haaland puts the ball in the back of the net again. Rodri had the ball top of the box and just like the first half, plays the ball to Walker who made a run inside the box and then just cut it back to Haaland who was completely open. But Walker just offside and it's still 1-0 to City. Phil Foden gets a chance late on. He gets played the ball by Rodri which he just lets it run past his body. The Brentford defender sees the ball, tries to intercept it but can't get there in time creating so much space behind Phil Foden, which he runs into the box, tries to go around Flecken, has his shot, but Flecken just gets a finger on it to put his shot wide. And again, Flecken doing very well, just like Kaminsky in the game just before, keeping Brentford into the game, but It does finish 1-0 and City get the three points convincingly but not goals wise. They definitely would have liked to score more goals and put the game to bed a bit earlier but Brentford defending well apart from that one time where Aya slipped but sometimes that's how she goes and now City with the three points move back into second place, one point above Arsenal. This loss for Brentford keeps them in 14th place, but definitely some positives to take away from the game, keeping City to one goal at the Etihad. Very well done by them. (music) The Liverpool experience. Liverpool versus Luton at home Sadly, though, no Nunez or Salah in the lineup. Like I said last week, Salah with a bit of fatigue and another bit of a hamstring injury, and Nunez just with a bit of muscle tightness. This game, though, a lot of people thought Liverpool will do the job easy, but I thought all the injuries we have and Luton playing really well lately. That is not going to be the case. And in the first half, that is exactly what it was. Although we played really well in the first half, we just couldn't find that final pass or that finishing shot to get a goal to put us in front or equalize as Luton had a very few chances, but they did score with one. Luton had a throw in, did a short throw in to Chong, who does a one-two with the thrower Doughty releases it to Woodrow, who holds it up and then slips it to Chong, who's sprinting through, takes a shot, saved by Kelleher, was going in through his legs, but he just manages to get that little touch on it to save it. But with that little touch, it bounces up, gets deflected in a way from his save and just bounces perfectly into the path of Ogbeni, who gets an easy header to put it away and put themselves 1-0 in front at Anfield. A bit lucky for Luton and especially Ogbené to get the rebound, but Luton doing well to capitalise on their chances, unlike Liverpool in the first half, which their press was very good and it was a little bit to Luton, just giving the ball away a lot of times as well but doing well regardless. Diaz having a couple good chances in the first half. One where he should have put it in the back of the net. This one was early on, was right at the start of the game. He was in the box, tried to curl it to the left-hand corner, but he just put it wide. And he had another chance as well, which I don't completely remember. But yeah, again, him missing and the first half played well but no goal to show and going down at half time. It is good though to see that we did start well apart from the goal once again but cuz lately the few games that we have played the start hasn't been very good and it's always very important to start games off well and show what you're going to bring to the table on that given day and try to give yourself the early lead to put the opposition on the back foot. So hopefully, and I'll talk about this one a bit later on as well, we bring our quick start to the cup final against Chelsea. After piling and piling on the pressure in the second half We finally score the equalizing goal. Cody Gakpo has a shot outside the box. Good save by Kaminsky. We get a corner. It's whipped in by McAllister. A beautifully taken corner into space. And Van Dijk just does a great run to get past his defender and puts his head on the end of the ball and does a beautiful headed finish into the net. The run, beautiful. The ball, beautiful. And the finish, even better to get it past Kaminsky. And a very needed goal. With that goal though, the floodgates are open. The second goal, two minutes later by Cody Gakpo. A throw-in is taken by Connor Bradley, who does a very attacking throw-in to McAllister, who just first times it, sends it into the box. It's straight on Cody Gakpo's head. Talk about pinpoint accuracy. It's so fast paced and Gakpo is just able to just head it. Doesn't even have to put any power on it to hit it into the top of the goal and put us 2-1 in front. Very well played by McAllister and Gakpo. Both of them very switched on to put the cross in and finish the goal. Two minutes later of our second goal, Van Dyke nearly does the exact same thing as the first goal. McAllister once again whipping it in. Virgil Van Dyke making a run to get the ball, headers it, but Kaminsky a big, big save to deny Virgil Van Dyke. Not as far enough into the side as his first, and that's giving Kaminsky a chance to save it and it is a good save for him. Something that I noticed a lot in the second half that caused us scoring a lot of the goals and having a lot more chances is in the second half, our fullbacks got forward a lot more, Gomez and Bradley. And it just shows how much that extra man helps, especially when you have quality fullbacks like that, when they're in form. And yeah, it's just that, Extra person, extra chance. You know, Luton have to think about that. One extra player have to put them in on one more player. And it really worked in the second half. For the third, Diaz finally gets his goal for the game. Daugherty tries to clear the ball but doesn't kick it far enough or hit the wing. He clears it not far enough into the middle and it falls down and Robertson running onto it gets there first and plays it straight away to Diaz who dribbles past Mengi and slots it near post. A very nice, calm, composed finish from Diaz and it's good to see him on the score sheet having a few chances in the first half and even in the second before his goal but good for him to put one away. Mengi as well thought was very good for Luton being very solid at that back keeping us out for a while especially in that first half but Diaz finally getting the better of him by that dribble past him to get his shot away. Right from that kickoff though Luton hit the ball long on the left to Doherty. Doherty drives in the middle with Kelleher out of goal to try and intercept Doherty's touch but Liverpool managed to clear it. A little crack in the defence, but it was offside, so nothing comes from it, and there was nothing coming from it anyway. I think it was Virgil van Dyke who cleared it out. So good thing for Luton, though, showing signs of still wanting to attack, trying to get back into the game, but unable to. Another chance for Liverpool. Elliot has the ball on the right of the box, Plays it in the middle to Diaz who lets the ball ro- roll past him and two Luton defenders and manages to get his shot away. A good save by Kaminski down very quick. But Diaz just a little bit off balance with him getting past those two plays and just can't put that extra bit of power on the ball. And what do you expect? Another chance by Liverpool. Gakpo this time has a very good chance. He gets played the ball by Endo. Who Gakpo's in on goal. Where a chance, you do expect him to put it in the back of the net. At least hit the target. But he gets his shot wrong and puts it wide and misses the target completely. The fourth goal for Liverpool. The man on his hundredth appearance for the club, Harvey Elliott gets the goal. Robertson wins the ball back from a misplaced pass by himself and Jaden Dance, the man on debut. 18 years old, picks the ball up and plays a nice pass to Gakpo. But Mengi does a beautiful tackle to stop Gakpo from taking a shot. But by his slide tackle, it does fall back to the box. And Harvey Elliott just runs up and slots it top left corner. Very good finish from him. And what a player Harvey Elliott has been for us. He's honestly a bit unlucky to not start as many games as he has because he's so good off the bench. And there has been a few times, even this season and even last season, where he's came on and made that difference, scored the goal or got an assist or even just given us that extra ability in the midfield or on the wing. He's very versatile, and what a career he's going to have if he keeps on track, which there's no doubt in my mind that he will. And hopefully he stays at Liverpool and just keeps getting even better. And that is full time. Liverpool 4, Luton 1. A very good game by us and it's good to switch it back on even without some of our big players. Also, this is the first league meeting at Anfield against Luton in 32 years. Just shows Luton out of the Premier League. Luton putting up a good fight, but Liverpool just way too good on the day. The attack flowing, the midfield doing very well as well. The defence solid as always, and Kelleher very good in goals. This has now made it 22 points this season. We have one from losing positions. Just showing that it doesn't matter if we do concede the first goal, that we come back, and we've showed so many times, and that stat just proves it that this season concede in the first goal, and we usually go into halftime still down, but we come out in that second half firing and score a fair few goals to give us the three points. Obviously, with those three points, we stay in first place above City, above Arsenal. And we're just going to keep this up for the rest of the season and we will be good. Nothing better as well. This game was on prime time for me. Nice 6.30 in the morning. So got up to watch it live. It's nice to do that because, I mean, it doesn't change anything when I just watch the replay straight after the next morning not knowing the result but it is good to know it is live and watch it just before school and get that win was very nice. For the man of the match too, I thought everybody played really well and it was quite difficult to pick out one person. It was out of McAllister or Virgil van Dyke, but I've given it to van Dyke. he gave us that first goal when we needed it. Solid at the back, then goes up for a corner and scores and not too long later has another chance and just misses it. But that first goal really gave us that platform which builded all three other goals and very well deserved. Again, hard one to pick from but I think Van Dyke takes it. Next up for Liverpool though, a big, big game. The Carabao Cup final against Chelsea. A few weeks ago, I was very, very confident that we would win and, you know, a little bit of a close game, but not really. But with all of our injuries at the moment, it is going to be a lot closer. I'm really hoping Darwin Nunez and Mo Salah is able to come back in time. But if they can't, this team will put in a good job regardless, shown against Luton. And yeah, I just cannot wait to watch it. Obviously, for my prediction for this game, is Liverpool winning? If I had to give a scoreline, I would probably go 2-1. I reckon it'd be quite close. Chelsea might score the first one, as we usually (laughs) like to do it. And then we come back 2-1. Probably could have made it 3-1, but I'm going to stick with 2-1. But then again as well, it could go down to penalties because last, last season, twice I believe against Chelsea in cup finals or the season before, I think it was a season before last, two times in the cup final where we bet them on penalties. And yeah, that injury list is looking horrible. Alisson, Doak, Jones, Nunez, Jota, Shabozlai, Matip, Salah, Bajetic. Thiago and Alexander-Arnold. But we can still do the job 2-1. Other games coming up in the Premier League next game week is Palace versus Burnley. I reckon that will be a pretty close game. But Palace at home, I reckon they will do the job. And with Oliver Glasner, is the new The new appointment, and that should be his first game managing. You would expect, you would think Palace will wrap up the three points, especially with that manager bounce. It seems to be like a new manager comes in, and that team, and that first game with the new manager, the team does really well, no matter who it's against. And you would think, even with Roy Hodgson still in, that you would expect Palace to beat Burnley at home. Arsenal versus Newcastle. Another pretty big game, you could say. At the start of the season, this game would have been a lot bigger, but but taken in the forms of both teams, Arsenal flying high, although they did lose to Porto 1-0. They didn't really play their best, but in the Premier League, their form has been firing and at home against Newcastle, who, to say quite frankly, are not in good form at all. You would think Arsenal will roll them, but you never know. Last time, a very close affair. Newcastle getting the win 1-0 in a controversial decision. Maybe Newcastle might find some strength out of nowhere against Arsenal and pull something out of the bag, but I do not see that happening. And I see Arsenal winning, and you could ask the question, how many? Another key game, I reckon it will be very close, West Ham at home versus Brentford. Now West Ham are a lot higher up in the league, sitting in 9th place and Brentford in 14th. A 11 point difference, but taking in the forms at the moment, West Ham being not very good at the moment and Brentford looking Pretty good since Ivan Tony's return. You would think this game would be quite close. And my prediction for the game is a Brentford win. I don't see a draw happening. I either see one team winning and the other losing, vice versa. But I do think Brentford will snatch it. I do like West Ham and I hope they do find their form back. But Brentford just looking really good at the moment like this game week. Kept Manchester City 1-0 at home. And against West Ham, you would think that possibly they get it over them. And the last game I see that looks like it's going to be a pretty good and close game. Man United at home versus Fulham. Now, with Man United form, you would think, and at home especially, you would think that Man United will definitely win. But you never know and Fulham could pull one over them in okay form at the moment. Nothing nothing special but they could win but to be honest, my prediction is a Man United win. I don't see him losing, I thought, or maybe and I kind of wanted another game to put in just a little bit more to talk about because this will be a bit of a shorter episode but you never know with Man United but you do expect a win. Into the talking point, Kylian Mbappe has now been confirmed that he will leave PSG at the end of the season. Now, if you didn't know, my first kind of football team I really liked and supported was PSG. I just, you know, liked their players. You know, you had the big names, Mbappe, Neymar, and the year that I really started enjoying football... And, you know, watching and kind of keeping track of it a bit more would have been around 2020-21 season, which in the Champions League then, PSG made it all the way to the final. Sadly, lost to Bayern in that final, but they did make it all the way and I was rooting for them. And really, I just like them, you know, they're quite a popular club. They make some cool kits and yeah, Kylian Mbappe, what a man, what a man. So, now everybody is talking, where will he go? Now, I'm I'm pretty sure we all know where he's going and even Ibrahim Kanate said in an interview that we all know where he's going and yeah, he's going to go to Real Madrid at the end of the season, I just don't see any other place where he'd go. The only other place, maybe, would be Liverpool but... That is such a far stretch to say that. I do think though with Jurgen Klopp leaving and bringing another manager in, that maybe we have a slight chance to get Mbappe because maybe the owners think, okay, you know, the new manager coming in, we want him to do well, we want him to stay there for a while, kind of have a Klopp effect. Why don't we give him a bit of money at the start to spend? He won't spend a lot in the couple next seasons, but if we give him a big chunk, possibly by Mbappe, the fans will definitely be on board and it will make Liverpool a stronger squad. But still, I do not see that happening one bit. Would I love to see Mbappe coming to the club? Absolutely. I think that would make us genuinely unbeatable if we had Mbappe on the team because him on that left wing... Like, I know Diaz, absolute class, but Mbappe is the best player in the world right now, in my opinion, and he will be that for a long time. But the price tag, just too much for Liverpool. And again, I'm saying I don't think it's going to happen, but there is just that slight, you know, 5% chance maybe. But like I said, he will go to Madrid, you know, and that will be that will strengthen the Madrid squad so much because the the big thing they're missing at the moment, to be honest, is a striker. And I know they did buy Hossolu, but Hossolu compared to Mbappe, like it's a big difference. But then again, it's like, well, will Mbappe replace Hossolu? Because he can play up front, but his preferred position really is out on the wing, on that left. So do they convert Vinicius into a striker, put Mbappé on the left or Vinicius on the right and Rodrigo up front because Rodrigo also can play up front? I don't really know. And then you still want Bellingham, you know, playing pretty attacking, which he won't affect it, to be honest. But oh, once they find that set up, because I definitely think he's going to go to Madrid, once they find that set up with Mbappé, Vinicius, Rodrigo, Bellingham, all my days. Can you imagine that young combination? Bellingham Bellingham and Mbappe. You'd think they'd win like all the Champions League in the next couple of years if they also strengthen up in their defence as well because they've got a strong defence but a lot of them are injured at the moment, obviously. By the end of the season, they should all be back. But just that... Additional strength, just in case, because the defense does need to be solid to then get the ball to the midfield, midfield to the strikers, you know, so on, so on. But yeah, Mbappe, one of my favorite players at the moment. Like I'd say my top three favorite players at the moment, Mbappe, Nunez 1, Mbappe 2 and Van Dyke 3rd. I just, yeah, massive fan of Mbappe, I think, and I mean, this is a whole debate. This could go for a whole episode. We can have an episode where we just debate things. I think Mbappe, when he finishes his career, he will be known as the greatest footballer of all time, better than Ronaldo and Messi. Yep, you did hear that right. I think Mbappe will be better than Ronaldo and Messi at the end of his career. Because you just think how much he has already done at such a young age. He's already won a World Cup. The amount of golden boots he's got. I mean, he's got so many titles at League One. And now, him making the switch over to to La Liga just to win more trophies. You think it'll be interesting to see how long he does stay there. And then he might over might move to the Prem and, you know, we're talking about a guy who got a hat-trick in the last World Cup and obviously, you know, lost to Messi's Argentina. He already won one before that. Ronaldo's played in, what, five World Cups and Mbappe could even make it to six and possibly win, well, he could win five more for a win. Oh, that France team just so strong. So, yeah, that is the talking point for this episode. Might become a frequent thing. Usually, it's just talking points in the prem, you know, like, I don't think I did an episode on this because it might have been the week before I started, but, you know, Tony with his free kick, wiping the foam off, is that cheating and, you know, taking it to the side and he scored, you know, stuff like that, stuff that I think, oh, wow, that would be interesting to talk about. And I thought this being such a massive thing and Bape finally confirming that he will leave it's always been the case for the past three four years in the summit before the start of the season will he leave will he leave and it always seems like yes he's going to leave now they just now Mbappe and his agent just have to confirm a deal with real madrid but it never ever falls through and yeah I've already said this but I think he should have gone two seasons before he definitely should have gone at the start of this season but I kind of like how he has stayed around you know, try and make this the last hurrah in the Champions League for PSG, I mean, they started well in the round of 16, a 2-0 lead against Real Sociedad, and I do see them not giving away two goals at Spain, so I do expect them to get into the quarterfinals, and another thing too, I think it is very harsh for people to say he's just, you know, staying in a farmers league, you know, like, oh, you know, what a pussy, you know. He just wants to stay leave league one, just farm some goals, get golden boot, top a sister. But you got to think, like, PSG is like the club he grew up wanting to play for. Like, this is his home. You know, it's like Rooney and Manchester United. Like, it's just Rooney's more fortunate to grow up in a more competitive league, you know. But yeah, I cannot wait to see what Mbappe does in the future. I do believe he's going to Madrid. So, vamos. Anyway, thanks for listening to the fourth episode of Backline Banter, the end of game week 25, and next one should be a good one, should be a big one, talking about the Liverpool Chelsea final and the Premier League game week 26. It should be out fairly soon. Obviously, the games haven't happened. It will be a lot recent than the other episodes have been. And with that said, appreciate you watching. If you can, give me a follow. Give me five stars. Whatever you can do to help the pod would be greatly appreciated. And see ya.